have decided in this season for the next two weeks to hold our Christmas at the movies. The movies that we have picked are this week, the Polar Express, and next week, a Christmas Carol. Now, whether we're going with Jim Carrey or Bill Murray or the Muppets and or the Pixar version, we have not decided, but those are the movies that we're going to dive into. In this movie, The Polar Express, there is an opening line as the young boy lays in his bed the night before Christmas and all through the house. No, he was laying in his bed and he makes this statement. I was listening for a sound. I was afraid I'd never hear. I was listening for a sound. I was afraid I would never hear. I think that this is a healthy concern. Now, I'm not for people being afraid or, or fearful, but I do believe that there are some healthy fears and some healthy concerns. In other words, my mind immediately, immediately went to the sound of the trumpet and the sound of heaven that all who believe and have put their faith in Jesus, the Christ child, Emmanuel, God with us, that we will hear. This movie, The Polar Express, is an entire story about a young boy being able to hear the sound of a bell in the story based on whether or not he does or does not believe. I believe that that is a healthy concern, that we should be looking and listening for the return of Jesus. As he came, he shall return. The angel told us, as you see him ascend, so you shall see him descend again. Isaiah chapter 9 gives us this promise, beginning in verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Well, I want to preach five minutes right there, but I can't. And his name will be called, I love this, you need to write these down, know them, and call them out whenever you are facing something that seems bigger than you. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Okay, what we need to understand is that we currently stand in the gap. We are in the in-between of Jesus' coming, right? Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And he will begin to establish his kingdom and the government will be upon his shoulders. And then verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. We currently stand between the establishment and the increase of his government. We stand in the gap between these two verses in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. The Bible continues, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, not one forsaking the other, 
but the two complementing one another from that time forward, even forever. I love this. The zeal of the Lord will perform this so we can live in a holy expectation, in a holy anticipation. We as God's people who believe and those who are being convicted to believe as this young boy will do in this movie, we can surrender and place our faith in Jesus and live with a holy anticipation of selflessness, a holy anticipation of God's kingdom being established right now, by the way, and increasing between now and the time that he returns this kingdom-focused mentality that causes us to be sons and daughters of integrity, pursuing holiness and purity, but most importantly, Jesus Christ himself. And you do that whenever you place your eyes on eternity. Over the last month, I want to celebrate with you today. We have had two, not one as God usually leads us to, but two initiatives that God laid on our hearts. We felt like God wanted us to be a part of providing fire Bibles in the Haitian Creole language to pastors and born-again believers across the nation of Haiti. And over the last month, you have given in a Thanksgiving offering for the fire Bibles alone $7,400 towards our $10,000 goal. And just this past Sunday, we had uh, Amber and Jake Sharp with us, the directors of Home of Hope, which is an outreach center in the Houston, Texas area that pulls minors off of the streets, out of human trafficking, shares the gospel with them, gets them off of the streets and into the arms of Jesus. And in one week, in one Sunday and one week, our church gave $8,362 to this organization. I am blown away at the spirit of generosity on this house. The thanksgiving that took place over the month of November and into December. See, we live in a time where we can know and believe and hope for even greater things to come because we learn contentment no matter our circumstances. We become thankful and we show more appreciation than we have expectation. And that allows us, things like this allow us as individuals and as a church to be blessed, able. We can live in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We can endure in who he is between paradise lost in the book of Genesis and paradise restored in the book of Revelation. We now stand in the blessing of the resurrection and the between of his return. In the second scene, we see the young man coming into his room his parents kiss him goodnight, tell him Merry Christmas. As he lays there again listening, he reads through some maps and some journals about whether this mystical figure actually exists. In the movie, it's Santa Claus. For us today, it is Jesus of Nazareth. His, his name is on the, the chopping block. His, his name is on consideration for many people at this time. He hears the sound of his room rattling and a, a train comes across his front yard. 
and he comes out of the door and he walks out to the train and the conductor says this, this is your crucial year. This is your crucial year. You may want to consider climbing on. He gets on the train and, and the snowman waves goodbye to him as he goes down the tracks. I want to ask you, what if this is your crucial year? What if the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022, what if this is your crucial moment with the Lord? What if this is the time that God is giving you your chance to truly surrender, to fully surrender? Mine was February of 2006 before I lost the trajectory and the direction that God had for me in that moment. And then he had to do more things to restore because he is a God of restoration. What if this is your time to make the God decision, the righteous decision, so that you don't continue down the path and the people that you love suffer because of the decision that you did not make? I believe it's time for us to consider going all in and us to consider climbing on board. A couple of years ago, I preached a message here called Christmas Is, and in that message, we addressed some of the things that Christmas is all about. We said Christmas is about Jesus. He is, he's not just the reason for the season. He is the reason that we exist. Christmas is about giving. Christmas is about generosity. Christmas is about family and friends. I got some of this message from a book written by a pastor whom I greatly respect named Maury Davis. He wrote a book called Why I Believe in Santa Claus. Why I Believe in Santa Claus. This figurative, if you will, representation, I believe originally, figurative representation of Jesus. An object lesson, if you will, for the church to use to illustrate and take advantage of the imagination of a child. You better watch out. Come on. He's, he, he, he's on his way. Very much the imagery of who Jesus is and the generosity of the gift of God and the gifts that this man brings. Originally, the man, the story of a man, born into much but, but orphaned. <clears throat> this saint... Nicholas learned the secrets of giving and leaving treasures in the stillness of the night. He was a, a man who uh, followed the Lord's will and, and decided to give his life to Jesus. He was known as the kind bishop. He was known as the Christ kind, the center class, and eventually Santa Claus. This man was an example of the spirit of generosity, the spirit of Christ Mass, it inspires us each holiday. What was his message? That the key to blessing and abundance was not what your parents could hand down for you or how much you inherited, but the key to blessing, abundance, and joy is found in the generosity, for it is truly more blessed to give. And God wants us to give cheerfully. He wants us to give secretly. He wants us to give worshipfully. He wants us to give fearlessly. And then ultimately, the master, Jesus Christ himself, the ultimate gift, the first gift, 
as even referenced in this movie, The Polar Express. The one that gave his life and and paid for the sins of all men for all time. Jesus lived a life of compassion, consistently showing his followers the blessings that lie within, his generosity and his instruction. And now we have the opportunity. Do not allow the enemy and the world to rob the example that this man gave to the church and the followers of Jesus to commercialize and 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 in the condemnation and all the struggles that we have and and then we say well we shouldn't celebrate this because this represents this and and we can't have a tree because it represents this and and we shouldn't have a star because it what if we take all of those innocent things that may have some evil origin and or some people have tied an evil representation to and we redeem them all and point everything and everybody back to Jesus We leverage the idea and the innocence of a child's imagination, this fictional character that represented a man of God who understood the spirit of generosity in Christ's coming. In a world obsessed with gifts and getting, we refocus people's hearts back to the primary purpose. As I've said, everything points to Jesus. What if this is your crucial year, your opportunity to restore relationship with your family, your opportunity to restore friendships, your opportunity to restore communion with God himself. If I were you, I would consider climbing aboard. In other words, if you don't know what to do, follow the light. If you don't know what to do, follow the light. In scene three, right after this young boy loses the ticket, of his friend on the train he finds the ticket and he goes outside and he climbs up because the conductor had taken her because she didn't have her ticket they go up on top of the train and you got to go watch the movie it's 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 it really is it's rated g it's clean it's fun it's interesting there's a lot of underlying things that you can read into he gets up on top of the train and all he can see is just a glimpse of the light through the storm and the snow and and again the the driving train all he can see is just this glimmer of light and so he starts to follow the light and the light disappears but he keeps going in the direction that he last saw the light come on sometimes we just got to keep going in the direction that we last saw the light we've got to follow Jesus we've got to just do what God has already told us to do until he shows us something new and the boy follows the light and he finds this stowaway this man on top of the train and he begins to have this conversation with him about believing and the man says this seeing is believing right Seeing is believing, right? I believe that the Bible addresses this specifically. God's word speaks to this idea because many people have a hard time believing in a God that they cannot see. Believing in a God that they've never heard. Believing in a God that they don't get to feel physically. But the Bible says very clearly in several different places that it's not about living by sight. It's about living by faith and placing your faith in the God of the Bible and obeying his word. 
walking with him and allowing him to lead you. That he has already done the work that we cannot do so that we have the ability in him to accomplish the work that he has for you. We live by faith and not by sight. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those scriptures are easily discovered with a simple Google search. And those are memorable passages that we should learn and know and throw in the face of the enemy when he begins to cause us to doubt. Because faith increased is doubt decreased. The Apostle Peter says it this way in chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe. Come on, you have put your faith in. You have positioned yourself to be subject to. That is what the essence of this word believe is. You have believed in him and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Why? I love this. Verse 9, look. Obtaining the outcome of your faith. It's your faith. It's not his faith. It's your faith. Obtaining the outcome of of your faith, when you place your faith in him, when, when you believe in him, you surrender and submit fully to Jesus. You obtain the outcome of your decision to do everything that Peter just said, and that outcome is the salvation of your souls. In the film, the young boy says this, I want to believe, but... And then I called him the hobo earlier, <laughs> the stowaway. He's actually semi a ghost on the train. He says, but you don't want to be bamboozled. But you don't want to be fooled. I want to believe, but. I want to serve, but. I got hurt in the last church. I want to share, but somebody told what I had shared. I, I want to open up, but I, I want to surrender all, but I want to give, but my bills and my debt, and I, I, I just don't, I, and this happened, I, I, I want to surrender my life, but, and here's my question, this Christmas, what's holding you back? I can look over my life and see things that have held me back see things that I allowed to hold me back, people, situations, scenarios that I allowed to hold me back. But in 2021, if you're not exactly where you want to be with Jesus, would you just stop and ask the Lord, what's holding me back? Is it giving up control? Is it surrendering that area of temptation that you find way too satisfying? Is it learning to love Jesus and hate your sin? Or learning to hate your sin so that you can learn to love Jesus however he wants to work that out. What is holding you back? In the final set of scenes, we see the trumpet sound. I love the imagery here. I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but I see so much 
of what God would want to say to be used in this film, The Polar Express. The trumpets on the square of the North Pole sound and, and Santa begins to come out. The bells are ringing, but the young man, young boy can't hear them. The reindeer are being set and, and the sleigh is, 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 is shaking and one of the bells comes up in the air and it rolls down beneath his feet and he picks it up and he's, he's, he's shaking it but he can't hear. I think of people who have shaken the Bible and said, God, I need to hear you. I want to hear you. I, I think of people who have shaken their hand in worship and saying, I, I want to feel you. I want to sense your presence. And the boy takes the bell and he rattles and he says, okay, okay, I believe. I believe. And then for the first time, he hears the sound of that bell. Here's my appeal this Christmas. Believe now. Believe now. After he shakes the bell, he sees... After he says, I believe, he sees Santa Claus, by the way, the figurative illustration of Jesus in this day and age, if that's who we want to direct him to, if that's how we want to use the child's imagination and the imagery that all things are directed to God. And then when the child begins to discover what every child ends up discovering, you direct them to the story in history that developed into the figurative individual today. And, and again, you point everything to Jesus and you help them discover the difference between their imagination and their eternity and how God uses it all to exemplify and exalt himself. He hears the ringing of the bell, and in the back, he sees the reflection. In the bell, he sees the reflection of Santa Claus, and Santa Claus says, what was it that you said? See, I believe every time somebody finally surrenders their life to Jesus, every time that somebody fully surrenders their life to Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord was right there the whole time, and Jesus reveals himself and says, I've been waiting for you to respond that way. I've been waiting for you to confess your faith and confess your belief. But if we wait until we see him and we hear him directly, we have waited too long. In this film, it was right before he stood in the presence of the person that he was attempting to believe in that he confessed his faith. I would appeal to you this Christmas, don't wait. Believe now. Christ came, listen, and Christ is coming back. We stand in the gap between his resurrection and his return. We stand in the increase of the establishment and that which will forever be. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I close with this, says this in verse 15. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. Paul is saying, I heard Jesus say this to me. 
that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of the archangel with the trumpet sound of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. He goes on to say, and we that remain will continue thereafter. We that remain will follow shortly thereafter. If you wait until you hear that trumpet, you have waited too long. But if you believe now, address what's holding you back. Follow the light. Surrender your life to Jesus. Then you will spend the rest of your days hearing, sensing, and seeing him reveal himself to you over and over and over again. It's the greatest gift that you could ever give to your Heavenly Father this Christmas. Yourself. If you will bow your head and close your eyes with me. Father, I pray for anybody in here listening or watching later, live or later, to this message right now. And I pray, God, I just lift them up to you and I pray that they would examine and evaluate what may be holding them back but but god right now this christmas they would make the decision to fully surrender their lives to you god to hold nothing back but to go all in to confess you as lord and to put their faith their belief fully in you if you need to do that today because you are not following jesus if you need to receive salvation for the first time or the first time in a long time, if you need to commit or recommit your life to Jesus right now, I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer and begin this journey with your Savior. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, the one who came and lived and died on my behalf. He shed his blood to pay for my sin. He gave his life so I could live. But he was raised from the dead so I could be born again and made new. He came and he's coming back. So Lord, take my life and make it yours. I surrender all to you right now. May I follow you with all of my heart for the rest of my life. Lord, I believe in you, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, God bless you, and thank you for watching. Merry Christmas.